bless you all. I'm going to give people a few minutes to get in here, all right? So good to see everybody this morning. How are you? Isn't God good? What a beautiful, beautiful morning it is outside. I'm going to tell you this. It's warm out here today, a lot warmer than it has been. So um, I think I'm going to sweat today. It'll be a normal Sunday for me. And uh, so good to see you all this morning. You can hit the share button down here, and um, and it will allow you to share to your friends. If you'd like to do that now, you can. And, uh, and share it that way that we can get more people on that want to worship with us this morning. I do want everybody to know for our church family that we are planning to, uh, we're looking at the tentative date of May uh, 17th of going back to church. It's going to look a little different, and I'll give you more information on that as it comes to me. We'll be meeting with our pastor's council on the 11th. So this week and next week will be online just like this, and, uh, and hopefully by the 17th we can have something where we can go back and be in regular services together, all right? So praise the Lord. You may remember this old song. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this Spirit. 
morning, Brandon. You're filling us with your love. And for these blessings, we'll lift our hearts in praise. Without a doubt, we'll know that we have been, been revived when we shall leave. this verse. It, um, I didn't quite remember it. It had been years since I had sang it. If you say that He saved you from your sin Now you're weak and bound and cannot enter right if you will just see and you'll enjoy the Holy Spirit that we feel good morning Johnny God bless you too sir Spirit will bless you in this service this morning. I do want to give in a special prayer request. I received word this morning from the family of Brother Paul Summer actually contacted me this morning and said Brother Stevens is not doing well. His numbers 
are not looking good. Many of you on here, you know Brother Paul Stevens. I know our church family does. Many, if you're from the area, you know Brother Paul. He is going through a hard time right now. So we want to pray this morning that God would touch him. Is that okay? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray for Brother Paul Stevens, our dear friend, a man of God that has served you for years and years. Father, we pray for him this morning. We ask you, God, to fill that hospital bed, that room, and touch our dear brother this morning. Bring healing to his body. Bless this service today. Bless everyone that's watching. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us in a way that we've never known before. Do something special even through this, this screen today, Father, as we minister. I'm praying that the Holy Ghost would just fill hearts. That people, regardless of where they are, where they're sitting, whether they're at home, on their couch, Father, wherever, I'm asking you right now to minister to needs today. Let the Holy Spirit have His way. Anybody know what it is to go through trouble? Anybody know what it is to go through hard times? I feel like we're going through one now. But God's going to bring us through it. Can I tell you that? God is going to bring us through it. times I didn't know right from wrong but in every situation God gave blessed consolation my trials they only come to make me strong I've been a lot of places seen so many faces Yet there's times I still feel so all alone. In those lonely hours, in my precious lonely hours, Jesus lets me know I was His own. Sing it with me if you know it. this verse really well. So I thank God for my mountains. I thank Him for every valley. I thank Him for the storms. He's brought me through. Cause if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know my God has the power to solve and wouldn't know what faith in God Trust in God, so through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. I 
Thank Him for the storms He's brought me through, you see. Because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. But I see through it all. I've learned to trust in God Through it all I know that through it all Well, I've learned to depend upon His Word Yes, I've learned to depend upon His Word I've learned to depend upon His Word One more time got to learn to depend upon His Word. Alright. Man, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Praise the Lord this morning. So good to see. Yes, Miss Lanita Ort, so good to see you this morning with us. God bless you. So good to have everybody. Also for Jim, amen. Thank you for putting that report that that Jim is doing better. He had to go to the hospital yesterday, but thank God that Jim's doing better this morning. Had pneumonia, but thank God that, that I, the Lord's helping him today, all right? We praise God for that. This is an old one. I don't even know if you guys are even going to remember this one here. Somehow forgotten that you are faced with circumstances you can't get through. Right now it seems there's no way out and you're going under. Anybody feel like that? But God's proven time and time again He'll take care of you And He'll do it again He'll do it again If you just take a look Where you are now 
you're going through He knows how you're hurting You see He knows just how your heart's been broken into Oh, but He's the God of the stars the sun and the sea and He is your father, what a promise. Oh, if he can calm the storm, he'll find some way to fix this for you. Oh, he'll do it again. Yes, he'll do it again. So just take one look at where you are. God knows all the things you've been going through. He knows how you're hurting. And you see, He knows. He knows just how your heart's been. It's broken in two. But I need to give you a promise today from the Word. But He's the God of the stars, the sun and the sea. And He your father thank god he is if he can calm that raging storm he'll find some way to fix this for you God, aren't you glad for that today? What a promise, man. That, that's, 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 man, I feel the power of Christ right here. Hallelujah. You notice I'm drinking. I apologize, but it is really getting warm outside. 
and uh, this pollen, I'm having to wet my throat, so please don't be uh, bothered by that this morning. I'm going to do one more song and then we're going to get right into the word this morning. I'm excited. I'm going to be speaking a sermon into your life today called Crisis Faith. And I'm telling you, God's going to speak to us today. I know He is. This is a song we used to sing many years ago. And it came to mind actually yesterday as I was preparing for the service. So I figured I'd sing it to you guys today. Hope it blesses your heart. Maybe you remember this one. If you remember this one, let me know. If you don't, then we'll see. Maybe you'll um, like it today, all right? When storm clouds hover o'er me, the storms of life, they toss me to and fro. There is, there's a place I can. Is a shield for every tempest. He's an anchor that is sure in times like this. It's so good to know that God is my refuge. Strong, he's a mighty tower that I can run into, and God is my refuge. And without him, tell me what would I do? What would I do without Jesus today? But once I wandered far from his shelter, up ahead I could not see all of the storm clouds were so heavy and full of rain. Oh, the winds, they blew hard against me, but he called out, then I ran to him. Lord, I will never wander again, for God is my refuge. Oh, He's a strong and mighty tower that I I'm going to sing it one more time. I'm glad that God, I know He is my refuge. He's a strong and a mighty tower that you and I, we Tell me what would I 
God bless you all. I'm going to make a move here, if that's all right. I want to welcome you to our service this morning. And I'm so glad to see everybody. Thank you. I've seen the messages, and I appreciate the comments. I have not been able to keep up with all of them. But um, please know that I appreciate you being here this morning. You could do a lot of other things. I know that there's some churches that have chosen to go back this morning. We wish them the best and pray that God would protect their congregations. Hopefully they have a good plan in place to make sure their people stay safe. That's what we're working on to make sure that we can house our people in a safe manner. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 18 through 26 is where our scripture is going to be coming from this morning, on crisis faith. So please join me there. 2 Kings 4, 18 through 26 is where we're going, going to be reading. I want to talk today on crisis faith. Now, I'm not going to hold you long, but I do have something I have to speak into your life today. When you look up the word crisis, the word crisis simply means a difficult or dangerous situation that needs serious attention right now. A crisis is what we're in right now. We're in a pandemic, and I'll be glad when this is over, but we're in a crisis situation. There's times in our spiritual life that we get in a crisis situation, and we need crisis faith in our life. Unusual feats of strength are not known until first you are put in the middle of a difficult situation. I'm going to give you a prime example. You may not be an aggressive person, but if someone was to come and try to pull your pocketbook, ladies, one of your, um, steal your pocketbook and try to rob you, at that moment there's an adrenaline rush that will take place. It's during those times that you do things you didn't realize you could do. You may punch a man in the face, knock him down on the ground. You may push him, and when you do, he falls. And all of a sudden, you wonder, where did I receive this strength from? I've known people that have been in situations where something heavy fell on top of them in a work situation, and, and one of the people went over there and actually grabbed that object that normally they could not lift up in their own strength. But in a moment of crisis, it was within them to grab that heavy or whatever it was, machinery or whatever had fallen on them, and they literally picked it up off of that individual. And after asking, how in the world did you do that? Their response is, I don't know how I did it. The point is, it was a crisis situation. And it was in that situation that they had a crisis that happened. And there's something that had to be done right now, right here, right now, at this very moment. There's no hesitation. There's no time to wait. Adrenaline takes over. We don't realize, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I want you to grab today. We don't realize the power of the Holy Spirit that is living inside of us. I'm going to say that again. 
We have failed to realize the power of the Holy Spirit that is living within us. And I want to speak briefly on this because I want everybody to understand this fact today. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going to raise up your body. The same Spirit that Jesus had lives inside of you. A matter of fact, Jesus told His disciples, He said, I must go away. He said, when I go away, He said, I'm going to send a comforter called the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. We're coming up on Pentecost Sunday and we plan on... Uh, worshiping together in a, in a physical building on that service. And I am so looking forward to Pentecost Sunday. What a day of celebration we're going to have together when we gather in God's house to celebrate the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, I want you to understand the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. The Bible teaches us that when Jesus said, I'm going to come back, and when I come back, the church is going to be empowered with something it never had before. I must go so that I can send to you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit that will come and He will be with you. And He will live where? He will live in you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of your body. The same Spirit that Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and spoke out to those people in authority... He is inside of you. The same Spirit that gave Peter the anointing to walk by a man that was laying there that could not walk in his shadow healed that man. That same Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is living inside of you. Don't ever underestimate the power of God that has been put inside of you. Ephesians 3, I mention this all the time, but in Ephesians 3 it's such a powerful Scripture to remind us of this fact. Now to Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, and I always do that... Exceedingly, uh, the Bible says. As a matter of fact, and I'm going to give you. I won't give you all the definitions, but I will tell you that in a study of the of the Greek words, you'll find that the word is exceedingly, abundantly above are actually like climbing a ladder. Each one in their definition goes higher than the other. So that's why every time I quote that, I say that. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works where. Anybody know it? Within us. I want you to understand that many don't know the potential of their faith in God. They don't understand the power of the faith that they have because they have never been called upon with a challenge or a crisis or a test to use it. Now, I want to show you that whenever, whenever Satan came to God, you remember the story of Job, and he comes to God and he says, Hey, listen, I need to tempt Job, but there's a hedge that is about him. Satan says to him, if you would just drop the hedge, I'll win the battle. You drop the hedge and Job will curse you to your face. But he was wrong because even though Job went through a crisis situation, crisis faith took over. A crisis kind of faith and strength that Job did not even know that he possessed himself. It came out when he needed it the most. And I'm going to show you today that in your moment of need and in your moment of trial, that God is going to send in within you, the Holy Spirit is going to make crisis faith arise and you're going to be able through the power of God and through the Holy Ghost you are going to be able to overcome things that you never thought possible in your life because of the spirit that is working inside of you there's nothing that tests your faith like a crisis there's nothing that does it the Shunammite woman we read for you that were here Wednesday night I read this story just a little bit of it and I felt led of the Spirit to go back into that this morning. So that's why we're going to be going there and reading from these scriptures this morning. But she has a crisis moment in her life. A moment that it takes great faith. Now I want to review her story. And I, I want to go to verse 9 and 10. If you click the share button there, your friends can see that we're on this morning. And, and maybe there's a word that I'm going to speak that's going to speak into their life that they need to hear. So if you know somebody, you ought to share it with them right now. 
In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 9 through 10, she says to her husband, this is the Shunammite, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp. Then when he uh, comes by, he'll have a place to stay whenever he comes. Now, I want to show you something. The first point, and I'm going to give you several of them. The first point is I want you to see her perception. Her perception. A lot of things in life is about how we perceive them. A lot of situations that we go through are not as bad as we think they are. It's all about our perception, what's going on in our mind and how we perceive that situation. This lady perceives that he is a man of God. He's a holy man of God. The first time this statement is ever used about a man of God in all of the scripture is when she said it of Elisha being a man of God. It is the consistency of this man's fate. He goes to Mount Carmel often and he's won a battle up there calling fire, uh, praying from, from heaven where fire was called down. And he goes there often to offer sacrifices and to pray. This lady sees the consistency Consistency of this man's faith. He followed Elijah, the man that had actually called fire down from heaven for many, many years. He knew about the experience of fire. He knew about the power of God. And so he consistently began to walk and operate not only in the spirit of Elijah, but in a double portion of the spirit of Elisha or Elijah. And Elisha is a man that she recognizes or perceives as being a man of God. He serves God faithfully. She is impressed by his faithfulness to God. I say, help us. God. What does this world see when they look at us? What do people think of when they see our faith in action? Do they see us cowered in a corner? Do they see us scared of things that are happening in our lives? Or do they see us as a people that are going to rise up and have true faith in God? This man walked in faith. See, she did not look for an opportunity to criticize the man of God. She could have. It was She could have taken an opportunity to criticize him, to find fault in his life. There's some some people that they live their life only to find fault in other people. They are not happy unless they can find somebody with inconsistencies or if their faith is lacking, they point it out. See, there's people like God help us never to have that kind of spirit because the Bible teaches us that God has not called us to live in that spirit. God has called us to be encouragers, to, to be there when people need us, to strengthen those that are weak, to raise those that are that are that are downcast. Pick them up with your hands if they have feeble knees and weak hands. He says it is the call of the church and the Christian to help these people. Let us be careful when we criticize. She notices that he's a man of God. God needs some spiritually perceptive people today. See, by this we know love. This is 1 John 3. He says because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has this world's goods, that means if you have riches or have money or or have something that someone else needs and says, you see your brother in need and you shut up your heart of compassion to him? He says, how does the love of God abide in him? He says, my little children. He says, let us not love in word and tongue or by the things that we say, but let us love in deed and truth. In other words, you've got to put love into actions. Words is not good enough. Notice what this lady did. She puts her faith in the action. She says something, but then she acts on it. She says to her husband one day in her text, why don't we just go ahead and build a room, a small small room for this man of God. 
She puts her faith into action. She could have just mentioned that. How many of you have ever mentioned a good idea? I don't care. It don't have to be spiritual. It can be something at your house. She's, oh, honey, we ought to do that sometime. And weeks and weeks go by. And she or he reminds you, what about that project we talked about? It's easy for us to mention things. But if we don't put it into action, nothing happens. And this is what this lady does. She says, this faith that the man of God, this perception I have that he's a man of God and he's faithful, I'm going to put my faith in the action and I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to do something for the man of God. So she extends the goodness to God's man. Now look what happens. They make a room for God. Now I talked about this Wednesday night. For you that weren't here, I'm going to say it again. If you were here, I'm going to reiterate it. She made a God room. That's what we're going to call it today. Have you got a God room. She makes a small space for God in her life. And let me tell you, if you make room for God in your life, God is going to work in that room. You know, I love the scripture. There's a sermon I preach entitled, A Closet Revival. And it talks about where God told him, said, don't be like the Pharisees and go flaunt your prayer life and and go out in front of public and have to pray and let people see you worship in public and to know that you're a faithful man. He says, don't do that. He says, but when you go home, he says, I want you to enter into your closet and shut the door. Hallelujah. What the closet is there is a God room. It is literally, some people do it. I know folks that do this still today. And they go into their closet and that's their prayer room. In reality, it is their God room. And I want you to know that if you build a room for God in your life, then God is going to show up in that room. He may not do it today. He may not do it this week. But one day when your need comes, when crisis hits, and you've got to have crisis faith, you're going to go in that room and you're going to experience a miracle from God. Do you hear what I'm telling you today? You ought to give me a thumbs up there on that comment. Verse 13 through 17. I want you, you see her perception. I want you to see her promise, what God tells her. So Elisha says to Gehazi, that's his servant, says, tell her, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here saying hurry along, but says, we appreciate the kindness you've shown us. What can we do for you? Now, in this, he asked him, says, can I speak to the king or the commander on your behalf? And says, no, no, my family takes good care of me. So later, Elisha asked Gehazi, says, what can we do for her? And, and Gehazi says, well, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha said. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, listen to the promise that God gave her. He said, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. Oh my God Almighty, I need to say it again. By this time next year, you will be holding a boy in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried, oh man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up. But sure enough, hallelujah, the woman soon became pregnant And at that time, the following year, she had that son, just as Elisha, the man of God, had said or promised to her. I want you to understand, Elisha is moved to do something for her in our scripture. So he says, can I speak to a king? Because because Elisha had the ear of the king, all right? He had the ear of the commander of the army. Do you need protection? Do you need me to tell the king to, to buy you some groceries? I mean, what do you need, lady? But she says, no, I don't want power. 
I don't want prestige. I don't need any of those things. Hallelujah. She wasn't driven by that. Gehazi notices when he goes to the house of the man of God saying, what can we do, Gehazi? If she doesn't want power or prestige or to get in a good word with the king, what can we do for her to bless her? Because she's built a God room. She's made a room for me. She's made room for God. She deserves to be blessed. Gehazi notices something. He goes to the house. He notices that there's no toys in the yard. There's none of those little, you know, push cars around. And notices when she, when he goes inside, the house is clean. All right. Any of you, any of you that have kids, you know what I mean when I tell you sometimes the house just doesn't stay clean. You know, you, you see things. I tell my kids all the time, Hey, honey, you need to get this up. You need to get that up. Why are there shoes laying under the kitchen table? We don't leave our shoes under the kitchen table. You know what I'm talking about. Toys out, strung, slime, whatever they play with. And so you're telling them, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Listen, you, you don't put that there. Go put it in your room. Put it where it belongs. So it, it's evident when someone has a kid in their house somewhere or another, especially little kids, somewhere or another, you can walk into that house and you will know that there's a kid. Sometimes nowadays, even if the house is clean and spotless, there's a picture hanging up. Who's this? Oh, that's my little daughter or that's my son. So if you walk into the house, you're going to recognize if there's a kid there or not. So you understand what I'm saying versus a a single married couple. It's different. And so he notices that there's nothing in the living room. There's no crib. There's no signs of young life. There's nothing that tells them man of God, that there is a baby. So Gehazi says, you know what? This is exactly what this woman needs. Why don't we just do something for her? See, man of God, her husband is old. Their childbearing years have passed. It is impossible. Medically, scientifically, it is impossible for them to have a baby. She would soon die. She would die being left alone and lonely, having a yearning in her heart to have a baby of her own. Their desire is just let us have a child. And Elisha made this promise, praise the Lord, and said, this time next year, you're going to be holding a child in your arms. And notice what the lady says. She wants to believe, but she says to the man of God, basically, don't get my hopes up. Don't build me up for such a huge disappointment. I want to tell somebody today that God's not going to build you up just to disappoint you. You continue to have faith in God. I don't care how much of a crisis you're in. I don't care how bad your situation looks. I want you to believe in a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. I need you to believe that God by this time next year is going to bless you in a way that you've never known possible. Some of you, it's going to be earlier than that when God does it. You just need to hold on and allow the Holy Spirit within you to rise up with a crisis kind of faith that says, I believe in God that regardless of what I'm going through, God has a promise just for me. See, God loves blessing His children. I need somebody to grab that today. It blesses God to bless you. God wants you to be blessed. I want my children to have good things. How much more does God want you to walk in His favor? How much more does God want you to experience the blessings of the Lord in a way that you've never dreamed possible? If God cares for sparrows, how much more does God care for you? Somebody needs to understand today that God's promise is on the way. It is coming to you if you will just hold 
hold on a little longer. I don't care that you're in a crisis. I don't care that you're needing rescued. I'm telling you that I serve a God that is able to do it. And if you will just believe, the promise is coming. That's exactly what the man of God says. See, the Bible says, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises that we can be partakers of this. Listen, sometimes because of our faithfulness to God, please, I need you to grab this. If you don't grab anything else, please grab what I'm about to tell you. Sometimes because of our faithfulness, God says to us, here, I want to give you something. I want to give you something that you have not even asked for. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say glory. I'm going to show you something. My kids, on a weekly basis, get what we call an allowance, all right? I have them a little app. It's called uh, Green Light is what it's called. And it's, it's a little, they get a little debit card and everything. They can go to the store. Uh, they can spend their money. If they run out of money, they know, guess what? I ain't got no more money. So we give them so much money per week to do their chores, all right? This is the kicker. Every now and then, we'll get in the yard, we'll be doing something. I don't care if it's planting uh, with Ansley um, not too long ago. She helped me plant a flower bed or something. So what we do, even though they live with us, even though we feed them, even though we clothe them, they have no responsibility except for going to school and basically living their life, all right? That's all they have to do. But because they did something special, they helped me with something. You know what I do for them? I bless them. I bless them. So all of a sudden, when I send them money, if I send them $5, $10 on that green card, do you know what will happen? That green light, they'll get a notification on their phones or, or iPads, and it will say to them, it will say, Jimmy Purdue just added $5 to your account. All right? Underneath that, they can go on there and click on it, and in the message, I'll say, thank you for helping plant that, you know, those flowers or that flower bed. Thank you for helping me wash the car. All right. Whatever it is, because they have blessed me, because they have helped me as my children, I say, you know what? I don't owe it to them. I don't have to give it to them. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless them anyhow. I am going to give them something in return. And I need somebody to understand that your faithfulness does not go overlooked by God. I need somebody to understand that God does not just overlook every time that you've served him, the years that you've been faithful to him, paying your tithes and your offerings to God, it has not went overlooked. I need you to understand that God is still, hallelujah, blessing you and he's going to bless you sometimes just because you love him. He's going to bless you just because you serve him faithfully. He's going to bless you just because when everybody else is giving up and giving out, you held on. When everybody else was criticizing, you were encouraging. When everybody else was trying to beat other people down. You were the one that was there trying to lift them up. And because of that, God says, I want to bless you, my child. I want to bless you. Praise the Lord. So we see her perception of the man of God. We see the promise that came from the man of God to her. Now I want you to see her problem. She has a problem. Don't ever fail to remember that even though you're blessed, even though you're a child of the king, you're going to have problems. I want you to go over verse 18 really quick. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with, in the fields or the harvesters. Uh, we call it the garden. Suddenly, he cried out, My head hurts. My head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, You need to carry him to his mother. So the servant took him home. His mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, the child died. No, no, whew. The promise died. Can I tell somebody that God can revive 
your promise. There are times that you're holding the promise in your hands. It's laying in your lap. God drops it in your lap and you think the promise is here. The promise is here. And then all of a sudden the problem comes. The child that is the promise grows sick and dies. She's not expecting this. All right? This is her promise. This baby's not supposed to die. This child is supposed to live. It came up on her blind side. You know what the blind side is? The blind side's in football. They say whenever you're, you're working, oftentimes we're watching college football. If you're a college football fan like me and you're watching it, and you're screaming to the guy on the front offensive line, why aren't you protecting your quarterback? But what we don't understand from where we're watching it on the TV, we can see everything. We see the guy coming and everything. But this other guy who's blocking another guy, there's a spot. You notice there's a hole here, but, but the other side, he can't see. Peripheral vision is limited to those that are playing on that front line. And so that guy, when he gets around him to his backside, he can't see him. So he's still fighting with this guy, not realizing that... From his blind spot, an area that he was not looking, a place that he could not see. The enemy, if we can say it that way, came from a blind spot. And he didn't even know he had hit his quarterback. What I'm telling you today, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are times that a problem is going to hit you from your blind spot. It's going to come from a side that you never expected. That is exactly what happens. The kid was so healthy that morning. The kid got up and went out to the garden to pick potatoes with his daddy, all right? It was another day, another morning. It is beautiful outside to work in the garden. So dad says, come on, buddy. You love working in the garden. There's no reason for this kid to die. But for whatever reason, it hit them like that. Can I tell you, that's the way that problems are in our life. Few are the times that we can brace ourselves for trouble. There's some things that we know are coming, all right? There's some dates that we have coming up, all right? You may have a, a date scheduled for May, you know, the, the 30th. 31st or whatever. There's a special date on your calendar and when you look at it, you know there's an appointment that you've got to go to. You can tell the church, pray for me. I've got this need coming up. You can brace yourself for what's going to happen. There's times that somebody, for instance, is laying in a hospital bed. You already knew they were going to be there. The doctors already told you two weeks ago that it looks like they're only going to make it a week or two. So you are already bracing yourself for that death. But there's those that are going to get in a car wreck. You're not going to brace for that. You're not going to be ready for that. It's going to hit you from your blind side. They're going to be dead just like, and you're going to say, oh my gosh, what in the world happened? I didn't know that was going to take place. There's trouble. This when your, when your boss walks, walks up on your job and he tells you something that you weren't expecting about your job and it hits you from your blind spot. It's when you're handed a pink slip and you thought you were doing a good job. In reality, you were doing a good job. But he hands you the pink slip anyhow and says, we don't need your help anymore. Or do you understand what I'm telling you? There are times that life comes like that. Few are the times that we can brace ourselves for trouble. So while there's some things we can anticipate, there's a lot of things, many things that catch us off guard. But God knows that He is. this is going to happen. We are not immune from trouble. He knows that. He's not caught off guard. Listen, the servant is not greater than his master. You remember reading that in your Bible. The servant is not greater than his master. Our master is Jesus Christ. And even Jesus had trouble and difficulty. And if he had difficulty, we will too. He said the world hated me and the world is going to hate you. It's going to happen. Problems are going to come, but problems are no match for God. 
I don't care what you're facing. God's got it in the palm of his hand. He still holds the whole world in his hand, ladies and gentlemen. But I want you to see her procedure. I want you to see what she does. What kind of crisis fate kicks in. The Bible says, verse 21, So she carried this young boy. She laid him on the bed of the man of God. She took the kid to her God room. She shut the door and she left him there. She sent a message to her husband, Send one of the servants and a donkey so I can hurry to the man of God. And I'll come right back. Why go today, he asked. It's neither new moon festival nor Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. One version said, all is well. Praise God. So she saddled the donkey, said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, that's where Elisha Austin went to pray. To Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Now, 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 I'm going to skip some verses here, but I'm going to give you some things that she did right. She went to the right place. She put the child of God in the God room. She put the child of God on the bed of the man of God. Listen, if, if you want healing in your life, go to a healing place. If you need reviving in your life, then go to a revived place. My God Almighty, I need to say that again. I said, some of you, if you need reviving in your life, you don't need to go to a dead, dried up church to get it because you can't find it there. You can't listen to dead, dried up singing and get it there. Woo. You cannot listen to dead, dried up, let me pat you on the head and tell you how good you were last week, kind of preaching and get it. When you need reviving, you better go to a place that's revived. You need to find an altar that the fire of the Lord is still kindling on. You need to find an altar that the fire is not allowed to be put out. Where miracles still happen. Where blessings are still taking place. Where the power of God is still operating in the, in the works of the Spirit. Watch, let me show you this ladies and gentlemen. Please stay with me. If you want reviving, go to a revived place. May God all revive. I speak in the existence right now. May God revive our churches. May God revive. Revive every individual that's listening to me today. May the refresh, refreshing wind of the Holy Spirit fill your house. May the refreshing power of God fill your children. Even in the middle of a, of a, a crisis like we're living in now. May crisis faith arise. May God do something in us that we've never seen before. Somebody ought to say amen. As I try to hurry up and close, I want you to grab this before I close. Many of you... I know many are ready to get back in church, and I want to tell you we're going to do that. We're going to do it safely, and we're going to do it smart. But I want to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. I want to tell you this. Somebody said today there's some that, that some smaller churches that went back to gather. It's easier for some smaller churches than when you get a little bigger because there's more people to deal with, limited space. But some started today, and I was wondering, and we were talking, I said, what's going to happen the first Sunday that we open our church doors? It, is it going to be packed with people? I mean, is everybody and their, and their cousin going to come to church? All right? Or, or when we get there, we're going to find that, there's, that, it, that it's smaller. There's not as many people there. So, so, so that's going to be interesting to see. But I want to tell you something. I pray that the first service that we come back together, I pray that the Holy Spirit would sweep our churches, my God, in a way that we can't even dream possible. Listen, she went to the right place. Not only that, number two, she went to the right 
person. She wasn't satisfied with Gehazi. Gehazi came to her and tried to stop her and says, the man of God's busy. The man of God's praying. Just leave the man of God alone. But she said, I cannot do that. I've got to get to Elisha. I've got to get to the man of God. If she could perceive a man of God, she could certainly perceive a dishonest man as well. And Gehazi was a man of dishonesty and she could tell that the spirit did not bear witness with her. Listen, when you're a child of God, your spirit will bear witness with other believers that you are a child of God. Somebody ought to say amen. See, friends don't settle for less than the best. Let me tell you, don't settle for less than the best. You can take your problem and your care to Jesus Christ. Listen, He's a doctor. Hallelujah. He's a physician if you need healing. He's a lawyer if you have issues going on that needs the law to to come in and intervene for you. He's a bill payer if you're having financial difficulty during this hard time. He's a financial advisor if you're needing direction with your money. He's a miracle worker. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. Do you understand what I'm telling you today? Don't settle for less than the best. Go to the right person. Go to Jesus Christ. Don't wait on the pastor to do it. Don't wait on your friend to do it. Why don't you just go straight to God in prayer for what a friend we have in Jesus. He is always there, but so often our prayers are not answered because we do not take them to God. Hallelujah. She has the right, she goes to the right place. She goes to the right person. She had the right proclamation. The word proclamation means to say it in public. The word proclamation means shout it from the rooftop. We need to work on our proclamation, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible said that they overcame him. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimonies. Death and life, according to Proverbs, are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We need to make a proclamation. Do you understand? Hallelujah. I said we've got to make a proclamation. Now, I want you to understand today, how are you talking to people? What, what, what do people perceive when, when they talk to you? Do they perceive that you're a man and a woman of God? Does your spirit connect with them and say, you know what, this person right here is full of faith. This person right here is full of the Spirit. This person right here has Jesus all over their life. The power of God is within them. Is that what they're saying when they look at you? Is that what they're saying when they see you? Now, I want to flip right here to Second Kings, and I'm going to have to look this verse up, but it's in verse 26 is where I want us to look at. And so this woman of God comes to the man of God in Second Kings, if I can get my Bible to go there. And when she gets there, the Bible says that she comes and says, Man of God, in short, I believe. I believe that you are able to raise up the promise that has died in my life. How many of you today believe that God is able to bring dead things to life? How many of you believe that regardless of what you're going through, that you serve a God that is able to do something special in your life? When she comes to the man of God, she says everything. When he asks her, he says, so can you tell me, how's everything going? Her response is, is curious because she says, everything's okay. Everything's fine. But what we have to understand is everything wasn't fine. How can she say this? How can she believe 
that everything is okay. It is because she believed and had crisis faith that even though her son is laying on a bed at home dead, she has faith and says, all is well, man of God. It reminds me of Horatio Specio who is going across the, the ocean there. You remember the story. His home had burned. He had sent his wife and his daughter across the ocean to go back home. You remember fire from Chicago. And they died in what was an unknown, a crisis that happened. Their boat sank. They died en route going back home to which Horatio decided, I want to go back to the place that my wife and our little girl died. As they're going across the waters, he asks the end of one individual, the captain, says, would you please tell me when we get to the spot where she died at? And they come and guide him and said, we, we believe this is the roundabouts about where, where the ship went down. According to our calculations, this is where they were. To which he took a pen and a paper and he began to write the song that we sing and in our hymns, and we still sing it today. It is well with my soul. When these billows roll over me, when I feel like I'm going under by the storms of life and by the crisis in my life, he says, it is well. You have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. This woman says, man of God, it is all good. Everything is fine. Because she believed that God had the answer. Listen, that's faith. That is faith when your son at home is dead. That is faith when the dream that you have is laying in your heart and it feels dead. It is lifeless. It seems like it's never going to work out. It seems like it's never going to happen. When you can look God and say, you know what? Everything is okay. When the man of God can ask you, hey guys, how's things going? You can look at him and say, all is well. Because you understand that you've come to the right place. You've come to the right person. And you have made the right proclamation. That is declaring it to the world that all as well that God has everything under control. God is going to take care of me. And then in closing, verse 37, she fell at his feet, bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. And then she took her son in her arms, carried him downstairs. And I want to show you what happens here. The Bible tells us in verse 37, and I skipped a lot of verses, but in those middle verses, what happens, the man of God comes back. He lays on that bed where the child is, lays himself over the child, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, arm, hand to hand. And he lays on that child, prays and breathes the breath of life into him. And he prays that God would raise him up. He gets up, he walks around and prays a little more. But we know Elijah, whenever he wanted it to rain, he went back, sent the man of God, sent his servant back seven times just to go find that cloud the size of a man's hand. Elisha knew that kind of faith and he went and prayed again, laid on him the second time. And when he did and prayed, the Bible says that the child sneezed seven times. And when he did, he looked at Gehazi. The Bible said he shut the door in the God room, but then he opened it back up and he said, Gehazi, go get his mother. The child is alive. The miracle has come back to life. God has made the impossible possible yet again. Go get his mother. And when she came up there, she got him and she fell and she began to worship. I want you to see lastly, her praise. When God blesses you, it is not complete until we have blessed Him for all that He has done. That miracle is not complete until we can praise God 
for all he's done. So today I want to tell you something. When God does come through, because God is going to come through, I don't know when God's going to come through, but I'm telling you, if you will have a crisis kind of faith and let the Spirit of God rise up within you, God's going to come through for you in his time. And I need you to understand that when he does, when God does bring you out of your crisis, don't forget to praise him and thank him for what he's done. Too many people go through these times and these hard times and these crisis situations. They're just like Israel. God blesses them. God answers their prayer. God gives them exactly what they wanted and what they needed. And after God does it, they go about their business and forget what God did. But I need you to understand today. Don't forget the good things that God has done for you in the song I just sang to you about He will do it again. And I'm here to tell you, you can look back at what He's done and you can realize that if God did it before, God's going to do it again. But when God does it again, please don't forget to give Him glory. So when you face your crisis situation in life, remember that God is the master of all crises. And like the Shunammite woman, you can take your problem to the Lord in faith. You can take your problem to God. He'll answer your need today. Have a crisis kind of faith. Let God work a miracle in your life. Man, what a mighty God we serve today. I'm going to play a little bit. I want to, I want to pray today before we close. <clears throat> I, want, I, want to, I want to pray for you before we close today. And I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to you. There's people watching right now. And you know that you, you have special needs in your life. And you need God to meet those needs. I want to pray for your life. that God's doing a miracle. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, everyone that's watching today, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to do something. Do something special in their life. Let them understand that they can carry whatever they have. They can take it to God in prayer today. Today, people have... I've seen them as I've been ministering to them as they've put their special prayer requests that they have in their life. And today, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you would touch them, minister to them. I'm asking you, Father, right now, as we take it to God in prayer, as we believe that the miracles that we need, they're only one prayer away. That we would just believe today, Father, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let somebody realize today the faith that they need. They're not having the weight on it. The faith is inside of them. And when they go through crisis, that they'll just allow it to rise up. This crisis kind of faith. If they'll speak it into existence. God, for Jim today, I pray for healing in his body. I pray, Lord, that that pneumonia that has plagued him, Father, let it leave his body right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, for those that are waiting on miracles, for those even today as I, as I spoke about children, there's those right now that are waiting on, on adoption. Father, in dealing with that right now in the name of Jesus, we speak over their life. And we pray, God, that the Holy Ghost would come right now into their homes. God, even though it's times of discouragement, 
Even though there's times of struggle and there's times that they're saying, God, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? I don't see the answer yet. I I don't know when it's going to happen. We're just waiting. But Father, I'm asking you to let that faith that I spoke about, let that crisis faith rise up in their life. Let them understand that there's strength within them that they didn't even realize they had. That God's already heard their prayer. That God's going to answer it. That they're strong enough to go through this. They're strong enough to deal with it. That's why God's chosen them for such a time as this. God, we praise you. You may not know how. You may not know when. You may not know how. You may not know when. You do it God bless you all. Man, so good to see everybody today. God bless you is our prayer. We love you all. We appreciate you. Looking forward to worshiping with you in service soon. Do want to make an announcement. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. As all of you know, I'm so excited about that. Listen, I'll be putting up some posts throughout the week that you can share on your Facebook wall to make sure that people know. If you are watching next week and you are a mother, now we're going to have to trust that nobody tells any stories or fibs, all right? We want everybody to be honest through this. But if you are a mother, next week we're going to have special gifts that are going to be going out. We're going to be giving away gift cards and different things such as that. It's going to be really, really fun, and I'm excited about doing it. At our church, every year, Father's Day, Mother's Day, we always give a special gift, numerous special gifts to our people. We just love doing it. I enjoy it. It's just a great time. And so we're going to do that even though we're not going to be in a physical service uh, as far as a physical location. But through Facebook Live, we're going to do that. And I'm going to have like, uh, you're going to pick numbers is the way we're going to do it. And uh, and whoever comes closest to that number is going to be able to to get that gift. And you can uh, message me. Your, you'll be able to message me your address and in the office that next week, uh, Sandra will be sure to mail all of those out to you guys. So it's going to be really exciting. So invite somebody for Mother's Day next week. Man, what a great crowd we have here today. Uh, after I get finished doing this, <clears throat> this will go back on my wall. You can simply hit the share button and just type a little thing and say, please watch today's service or crisis faith, whatever you want to tag it as. And, uh, and your friends, family will be able to see this that way if they were at another church. Uh, maybe later on today they'll watch this and be blessed by it. I appreciate every one of you. Love you all. And uh, pray for us as we lead through this time. There's no right or wrong. We want to do, do our best to protect our people. And that's what we're trying to do. And, uh, but Lord willing, May the 17th, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident that that is going to be a good date as long as the numbers don't, don't continue to uptrend and there's a second wave. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but if it doesn't, I feel pretty confident. And as I said, that will be determined by our council on the 11th of this month, but I feel pretty good about that date. And so I'm looking forward to what God's going to do, guys. Man, what a mighty God we serve. Thank you all for the kind comments. I really appreciate it. We love you too. God bless you. Thank you, Miss Rhonda. I appreciate that. Thank you, Garvin. God bless you. I appreciate you, man, for taking time to to watch this today. Uh, to Bonnie Moody, bless you as well. <clears throat> thank you, Miss Brenda Hooper. I appreciate that. Rex, thank you. 
uh, to Rick and Frankie Masters. Um, oh, thank you. The Holy Spirit was here, Miss Phyllis. I could feel it on my front porch. I told people that I am going to be known as the uh, front porch preacher. I love it. I love it. All right. God bless you. I'm looking. Thank you, Diane. Praying for your legs that God would touch you and heal you of that pain that you're having in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Miss Sheila, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Looking back at some of those comments. Gina, so good to see you. Thank you, D. God bless you. On time. Amen. I'm glad you were blessed, sir. And uh, for Gina Tyndall, oh, bless you, ma'am. It's so good to see you. Hope you and your husband are doing well. It's been a long time since I've seen you guys. Thank you for an awesome word of God today. Touch my heart. Awesome. I'm glad it did. Kayla, it's good to see you, Kayla. We'll be glad to see you back in church, you and your husband and our kids. Uh, Holy Spirit was definitely working. Yes, yes, Lord was working. Thank you, Dana. It's good to see you to my cousin there. Uh, Linda Stone, great sermon. Thank you, Miss Linda. I appreciate that word of encouragement. I tell you, man, it's exciting. And um, as I was preaching today and singing to see all those hearts, I'm going to tell you, that was, uh, that was good. I love it. When people do those thumbs up and those hearts, it's like uh, giving a preacher an amen in a church service. All right. So um, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. <clears throat> we try every week to, even in this situation, to bring what we feel the Lord is speaking to us. And, um, and that's what we try to do. So God bless you. If you know anybody that doesn't have the ability in our church or even someone else that may want a CD, um, just just message me and put their address in my messenger, and I'll be more than glad to to get that mailed out this week in the office. We'll we'll make sure that's done. We'll get them a CD so that they can hear this service as well, uh, as long as they have a CD player. All right. God bless you all. Praise the Lord. All right. Again, like I always say, it's time to eat, I guess, and I know many of you, it's about 12 o'clock, so I know you're about ready to eat as well. God bless you all. I appreciate you spending this hour and roughly hour and 15 minutes with me this morning worshiping our God together. Until next time, I know I'll be here Wednesday, 645. Who knows? I may show up another day. You never know. God bless you. Appreciate you guys. We love you and we're praying for you. And again, if you need anything, let our church know. <clears throat> we'll be in the office this coming week. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that. Sheila, we love you too. Um, we'll be in the office this week. So if there's any needs that you know of, Please let us know. I want to encourage our church family, and I want to encourage other people. If you know somebody that, that, for instance, needs a text message of encouragement, if you know somebody, maybe you can pick up a phone and call them during this time just to check on them. It doesn't matter. Just just send it. Uh, Dina, if you'll message me um, her address, I'll make sure that we get one out next week to you if you'll just do that for me. And I message it to me privately, and, and I'll be glad to, to get that next week, all right? Love you too, Miss Sandra. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. All right, guys, we'll be meeting tomorrow morning about a plan about gathering again. I'm excited about that. It's going to be really, really good. We're going to get it together, and we're going to have a great time together when we get back in the church. I know we will. God bless you all. We love you, miss you as well. And um, pray for us. Pray for us that God will give us wisdom during this time. Be blessed.